It's Friday, October 14th, 2016. This is Room in the Trees, a podcast about places and spaces where art is made. The following was recorded on October 11th, which is actually today, 2016, right now. This is episode 24. Yes. Room in the Trees is hosted by Trent Reynolds and me, Sabrina Ward-Harrison. Show notes including pictures, links, videos, and more for every episode can be found at roominthetrees.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, which you can get to by going to roominthetrees.com forward slash iTunes. It really helps us reach more people and just grow our handmade thing we're doing. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash room to subscribe and get special additional content on occasion. We really appreciate all of your support. Trent, don't you think we should? I think we should read some of these. Definitely. Yeah. So these are on iTunes. These are some of the recent ones, which are so cool. Do you want to read one? Okay, I'll read. No. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Wish you guys were on all day long. This is by Yooms or Yooms. <laughs> September 14th. I'm going to guess Yooms. Okay, Yooms. Such personal, honest, and open-minded conversations. It's so comforting to know there are artists out there with similar thoughts and fears. Trent, Sabrina, and their wonderful guests do such a great job letting you know that you're not alone by sharing their ongoing questions as artists. Very inspirational. It must be a lot of work to run this podcast, but please don't disappear. Oh. And this one by, by Alex. Uh, Radical Ruminations on Art and Process. I've had such a good time listening to these two the past week. I am an artist. I really like how they talk deep about art, goals, and their process with it all. They speak intentionally. Their words are full and substantial. They listen to each other. And dude, I've even paused the podcast to take notes. (laughs) From the I Know This episode when they talked about self-deprecation versus supreme ego, you're the only person who gets to live your life Make your, make your art mind blown. <laughs> anyway, truly, I'm really getting something out of it. Thanks to both of you. Thank oh, you. So great. Thank you. Bye, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly our goal. Um, in love. This is, by, this is the last one we'll read. This is by Caters88. Every time I listen, I'm struck with the need to create something. And each episode has been so freeing. Like, these are the challenges, but keep making art. Love. That's awesome. That's so great. Thank you, guys. And it kind of fits perfectly with what we're going to talk about today. With um, We're talking about spaces and places. Trent? Shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Yep. Here we go. Okay. Enjoy. Do you have enough protein? Do I have enough protein? Yes. Okay. I went home and I had some beef stew. Good work. <laughs> plenty, plenty of protein. Laura, in, uh, I like beef stew quite a bit, and she does not. Um, so she was very nice and made me beef stew. Trader Joe's has a good beef stew. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever tried Trader Trader Joe's rocks, man. They have so many just ready-to-eat, tasty stuff. They yeah. have a like a tuna wrap that um 
Laura's gotten for our, our kids. On occasion, we'll just pick up a bunch of Trader Joe's food and just go to the park and have a picnic. And mm. I would have never thought to get a tuna wrap because usually the tortillas get kind of slimy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but this thing is solid, solid little wrap. I, I ended up eating most of it because my kids didn't, didn't eat it. But anyway. They just have like with. the flavoring down. Like they must have a really great team of people that test the flavors of things because it's never, you know, that feeling of like, oh, it's too salty. Like if they really nail it most of the time, like it's a good amount of spice. Yeah. It's a good, it's, oh, it's just good. They're just great. Don't you remember them starting out? They started off in Southern California, like right by where we grew up. Yeah. Remember? There was a store, there was a store in La Cunada, right? Yeah. Or, or La, La Crescenta. Uh, or there's that one down by Lucky Boy in Pasadena. Yeah, oh, Lucky Boy, that sounds good right now. Nah, so good. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about places and spaces. So I came back from a really inspiring weekend. Um, I went up to northern Wisconsin to visit um, Chris and Bill, who have created this beautiful farmstead um, outside of Minneapolis. And it was just, it just spoke my language. It just felt, um, it just enveloped me and just said everything about it was just a complete yes. Like, it was just, it just endlessly was like, yep, and totally, yep, mm-hmm. Like, the, I, we arrived kind of just after, I went up with Tara, my intern, and we arrived just after sunset, and the twinkling lights were on in the big, beautiful barn, and it just... It, and just the fluidity, and then the meal was just nurturing and healthy, and the, their their character is just just exquisite, wonderful. Bill is so funny and witty, and Chris is so intuitive and deep and soulful, and just it was really it was really really satisfying. I kind of found I felt like I was kind of without words most of the weekend. I mm. just felt like. Wow, wow! And then this woman, Lynn, this artist, Lynn, led a wonderful workshop with foraging branches and things in nature, and we made we made these kind of things to hang and have in your home. But it is, I love that it involved taking these big walks through the prairie, and it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, uh, I'm, can I take a tangent real quick? Yeah, um, yeah. So this idea of, of seeing something and just feeling that yes, like that yeah. immediate sense of nailing it, like everything about it is the, 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 the whole, like whole situation was just perfect. I, that felt very much like this morning I was, I had a workshop. I had somebody here, I was teaching them this new technique or whatever we were doing. It's not really important what it was we were doing, but all of a sudden it had like 30 minutes had gone by and she hadn't said a word. And usually she's kind of anxious about what she's doing and asks a lot of questions and is like worried that she doesn't know what to do next. So it was kind of weird that she hadn't, or unusual that she hadn't said anything for like half an hour, 45 minutes. And I look over and she'd done these two amazing paintings. Like she'd started this and 
with no prompting and with no kind of intervention on my part, I just kind of got her started and, and taught her the basics of this, you know, of this approach that I was, I'm doing for this project. And it just totally was a hit for her. And, and, uh, and it resonated and it just, she went with it and she didn't feel any anxiety at all. Anyway, it just made me, uh, reminded me of the moments and they're, they're not very often, but when they do happen, it's wonderful to see when a student finds a technique or a material or um, something that just hits so completely that, you know, it makes sense and there's no resistance, you know, that they can yes, just yes. get right in there and all of a sudden everything makes sense and they, in it, and they just, all of a sudden it's two hours later and they have made something amazing. I don't know. It's, it was, it was wonderful to see this morning and I kind of get that feeling with you telling me the story, like, like, there's no need for explanation or any more, you know, reasoning or dialogue. It's just like, it's all there. The an- this is the answer. Like, yes. Yes. It's yes. all here. Yeah. Yes. And it also is a testament too to you with your studio because that, talking about place, that she was able to have that moment because you created an atmosphere for that moment to happen. Mm. You know, if there if there had been all sorts of things in that space could have, you know, you did, you've created a, an atmosphere that was capable of a moment like that to happen. And I think, I think both you and I are, yeah, I feel like really strongly about creating an environment where, where that can happen. So very cool that you, that you had this experience and found a place that was such a, such a hit. Yeah, after years, after years of developing, thinking and dreaming about the True Living Project and it just, this place and these wonderful new friends, it just sang to me. Um, So can you describe a little bit like how, how big is the land that we're talking about? What kind of buildings were there and like, what were the... (laughs) What if I was like, well, it's about 10 feet by 10 feet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a box. Uh, it's a little box, a little parking lot. Um, it was a dairy farm. It has a really interesting story about these um, three women ended up kind of farming the land a few generations back. There, the 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 husband or the father, something happened. He died, and so it was. It was way back at the turn of the century, and it it was really rare for th- you know I guess three women to live on a big big farm like that alone and, and, and run this farm. Um, I think it's about 120 acres I'm thinking, or maybe a little under a hundred, um, in the, it's called the driftless region of Wisconsin. Um, so it has these rolling Hills, it, it's where the glaciers didn't come through. Hmm. Um, so it, um, and they restored this, they restored the property and, um, it's so it has it has they also um, restored this big part of the land back to the original prairie grass so um Mm. yeah can you tell i still really don't have words for the whole situation it's like and i just it's a good feeling but it was funny to come back like and the back okay but i'm closer I'm closer, that's for sure. 
Um, <laughs> so lots of space. Awesome. Like, was it, we're not quite to fall colors yet, right? Or Fall colors were starting in solid. It was like, felt like the first full day of fall. Like beautiful. The breeze, the, um, for me, really that indoor, outdoor experience of working at fresh air, even if it's chilly, I just feeling that fresh air coming through. There's a big piano in the barn and Chris was playing. Um, he grew up being a classical pianist. So of course that just was fantastic hearing the piano playing and, um, that, that seemed like looking at the pictures that you sent, I was really impressed by how, uh, like there would be a whole side of one of uh, of a room that would just be completely open, right? Mm-hmm. That, and that wasn't, it seemed like from the pictures that wasn't just one room, there were multiple rooms that just completely opened up into the outside. Is that? No, I think that's probably all, all from different directions in the barn. The barn's oh, okay. really massive. The barn could have like 20 rooms in it. Got it. Could you consolidate a couple things from that overall experience that um, you feel represent kind of the big ideas of what a creative place or space would would have or would need sure for me personally yeah 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 we're talking about the true living project or this vision of an actual physical location that you that you envision well, I feel like it's, I feel like place to me has to always feel like it's full of possibility. Um, I, like it's a living model of possibility. It's a living working model of possibility. And I think the importance of environment more and more because we don't have to be living in the same city, like we can be working from all different places around the world, um, that more and more it's important to have a more fluid um, outdoor in the natural world. If we're going to be with using technology so much, it has to be balanced by um, the freedom on the space and the light of being outside. And mm. I think working, working, what I like the idea of is something that's not solely a place to, um, like I like the idea of a place that actually can work within within the space, and that's what I really appreciate about living along the central coast. Was I actually got there was no cell phone reception, but I actually got way more work done being outside of San Francisco than I did being in San Francisco. I think yeah. what I've I loved sort of the decisiveness of living in New York and then living way out in the country. I don't think middle of the, middle of the way isn't. I'm kind of, I like one way or the other. And I think there's a time for both. Um, but I think you're, you're in relationship, right, to the environment you're in. Mm-hmm. And, and when for me, product, product, productivity wise, it would think like, well, let's make a reasonable thing. Like, for example, I'm in Madison. And, but I actually wouldn't say I'm more productive here than I would be somewhere, um, like it, 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 space also doesn't have to do with, you can have a space if there's space to do work, but it doesn't mean you're going to really produce your strongest work. Hmm. 
So part of it is having just literal space and and maybe also psychological space. Yeah, psychological um, space is a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. What what are the things that contribute to that psychological space? Like maybe proximity to like getting out of a city, you know, away from other people. That that's literal space, but also just psychologically, it helps you detach from. Right, but how does one do it within their normal lives? <laughs> you know, that's a trick that I think we all are wrestling with. It's just how to drop down and drop in and. So for for me. Yeah. Uh, I used to, my studio used to be the second bedroom in our apartment and it was really hard to do anything there because the rest of my life was so close at hand that it was just easy to get distracted by something else that needed to be done or while, even while I was working, be thinking about something else. Whereas, you know, when I'm, when I actually have a, a separate location to go to, I can, that helps me psychologically, um, enter a new space and let everything else go. So I imagine to an even greater degree, if you're actually driving to a farm, <laughs> you know, from even from That's Madison, city. you know, like yeah. even a smaller city, I imagine that that w- it would be easier to feel like you're entering in a creative space, literally and psychologically. Yeah. I remember when I lived in Brooklyn, there was this, there's, I, I'm always a big fan of rooftops and there was this apartment I was subletting it room in and you'd climb up this and anyone who took that workshop in Brooklyn will remember what we did because I had more (laughs) there's just some funny things that have happened (laughs) but we climbed there wasn't really room in the apartment (laughs) for as many people as that came to the (laughs) workshop and we climbed up to this you know like thing that you climb up a little ladder through this like trapdoor thing that goes up onto this rooftop in Brooklyn Sunset Park. But, you know, like you, even in a big city, I remember, like I got more work done even on a rooftop in the middle of a big city than something about, I feel like for me, space, it kind of has to be like you're, you're, you're not allowed to be there or like if it's too pristine Mm. and, um, you know, safe, safe, you're kind of not going to, you're not going to go there. Mm. It's the same what? like working when you're traveling and you just have the limited stuff and you kind of have to do it on your lap and you're sitting on a bridge or, you know. Right. It's almost like if you have to work harder for it, it becomes more meaningful or more. It's a more uh, active experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a, like. Well, one thing, the one thing that I think I've mentioned to you before that I think is somewhat related is uh, uh, that. Um, when I was in high school, I took a, a workshop from Ray Turner, who's a Pasadena artist and, uh, mm. and excellent painter, teaches at Art Center. And just very, very cool guy. Like, he's the guy, he's the artist that you want to be. Just everybody loves him, super chill. Um, and he held this workshop out of his home studio, which was a, a converted um, auto auto shop. Like, it was wow. just this big, open, no windows um, warehouse space. And it was amazing. And I loved it. And it was like, it was so magical being in in this like dingy, dirty auto shop because he was, because he was there and he was such a strong personality and he had turned it into this just 
like magical place. He had made this little corner of the of the warehouse space into a library, and he had this freestanding tub that he had routed the plumbing to. And um, wow, yes. And it was just like we entered into this this space that was just full of this creative energy, and it was just like this converted you know auto shop. So I don't, I don't know if that would necessarily work for you, but but this sense for you, of the yeah place having a strong identity rather than being a place that you go into and it's just kind of a generic like you know bed bath and beyond uh you know yeah posters hanging up on the wall you know i don't know bed bath nothing nothing is bed bath and beyond but just just too stylized or kind of perfect yeah exactly exactly there's certain amount of grit and character and uniqueness like to the actual location that i think is just invigorating and inspiring like you really can connect with the space almost as as if it were its own character it must have been so great to see that when you're in high school too that moment oh yeah i will not this is what i want to be when i grow up so is that yeah and then the other uh, the other analogy I've made before is the difference between like a major museum like LACMA and you know the, right. every every major city has uh, you know their art museum, um, and all these museums have the same artists and they have the same collections. This is the Impressionist room. This is Picasso and Brock. The Cubist room. This is you know right. everybody's got the kind of same cast of characters. And then you go to a museum like. Um, like the Phillips collection or the Fogg museum. And it's this museum that was created by one private collector. So there's this sense of an identity, somebody who had appetites and a personality that collected certain types of artwork. And it feels so much more intimate and feels so much more like there is a personality behind the collection. You know, you get the sense of an an identity. And for me, like that, that is what, I look for in a creative space. I love going into artist studios where there's, you know, each artist has their own way of making a mess and their own way of organizing supplies. And and there's an energy to that individuality. Yeah. But that makes me think of this farm that you went to that I, I, I gather that it was not this, a generic farm that, you know, was one of a billion i i gather that it was like it took on the character of these people that of chris and uh and is it bill bill yeah chris and bill that have put so much love and, and attention into creating it that there's a strong sense of identity and intentionality to the to the actual place yeah how do you think about um how do you think about like for people who are listening and i i feel like I just keep coming back to when you don't have the space. I mean, there's so many times I've lived in places that I didn't have the space to work in. And it does really, it can, the challenge kind of can be kind of exciting. Have Mm. you, like, like making ways, you know, just even your supplies or just, (laughs) just had stuff never, I, okay, guess I'll just say this. I think you're different. You're different. Definitely so much in this way, but like around stuff and organizing supplies. <laughs> if I have paint all organized, I won't use it. If I have new tubes of paint, I won't use them. Really. I won't really use them. If I have mixed used house paint, that is a color I didn't even choose. I'm all in. I will totally use it and I'll use a lot of it. 
<laughs> something wrong with me? I not at all. No. It's a the limitation part of space is really kind of you know whether it's limitation as far as you know heat <laughs> or um, as long as it doesn't involve like not limitation as far as oxygen or something, but. You know, if it's really cold, that kind of, I kind of work with that. I like the layers. I like having mittens on and kind of work. Then I get paint on my mittens, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. um, do you think that that does you does well, that you, excite you're always you? Talking, uh, you're always talking about the physicality of, yeah. of art making, and I think that's part of it, right? Is that that there's this there's this almost uh, fight is is too strong a word, but there's this tension, right? That is part mm-hmm. of is part of the process. I think, I think yes, but in different ways. I think what you're saying definitely resonates, but at the same time, um, for me, the, the ordering paints, uh, you know, <laughs> and putting them in containers and having them lined up and, you know, it, that helps me order my thoughts. Like the, the, or feel like I'm, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, but, but in other ways, I think I like to, like, I get, I get pretty disinterested easily in, in a, in one particular technique or material. And I like to try, I'm always looking for other new materials to tinker with or new processes or trying to use the same things and, same old materials in new ways and like I like to push boundaries I guess in that way or find tension in that way and I would imagine because of the way you work and you really understand paint (laughs) in a different way than I do but you're no you know what you're working with you're very familiar with your materials and when you're yeah when you're I would imagine the when you're organizing your paints you're thinking about the painting, you're, you're intentionally choosing the colors and you're knowing what's going to happen when you mix certain colors together and the effect you're getting from everything you're using. There is a little bit of control issue in there. (laughs) 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 Well, going to, going to, to art school, for some reason, I never, nobody ever really taught me how to understand color. And for some reason, I don't know, I think it was a combination of reasons. I just never felt like I was taught that. So I, I had to work really hard to to really gain a an understanding where I felt like I I understood color and how to how it worked and how to reliably like mix mix a color that I wanted. So I think maybe there there's a little bit of that in there too is just needing to feel like I've got a certain amount of control. Here's something that's not controlled. Here's an idea. <laughs> what if room in the trees what if our podcast I was just hearing um about Krista people are listening probably know Krista Tippett's um podcast on being and Chris this weekend was talking about how he it went over it, it, she's in Minneapolis and his offices are near hers and went over to her studio and was like you know you live on one of the busiest corners of of Minneapolis like how do you record and you know how do you record in here and they she took them into the booth like within the space I'm curious to see a picture of it they they sort of had this standing square 
somehow I'm visualizing it like kind of off the grant, something, you know, somewhere in this, anyway, they have this square that as soon as you go in, it's a silent space to record. Hmm. But what it got me thinking about is what if Room in the Trees became literally a Room in the Trees that the podcast recorded from? Yeah, that was uh, that would be amazing. I would love that. I think that's on the radar for me. Yeah, I think um, it would be. Uh, let's just let's just put that out there. I see it. Okay, I see it where you would. It would be. You know how they have. Oh, you know how they have those suspended, like they have now suspended rooms coming from trees, like all glass, like you're in the trees. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for like safaris and stuff, like where you're not safaris, <laughs> but you know, like you can go into the uh, whatever on a safari and be up in the trees and be able to watch wild animals below at night. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about, or no? <laughs> that that's a great example. Um, but I think I've just seen in 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 design. It <laughs> I've seen in design magazines like really sophisticated um, outdoor design and architecture like magazines the examples of beautiful architecture that that are suspended these sort of suspended rooms or uh, some of them are more like pods that kind of are within the natural landscape that mm-hmm. I'm gonna get all over that and find them <laughs> I'm gonna get some for the show notes yeah, I just awesome. had that idea though the idea of um, cause I think it's as room in the trees grows, that's something to think about is the interaction with and growth of, um, possibilities and projects and yeah. collaborations with people. Um, so, um, you've talked a lot about, uh, like fluidity between, uh, an environment or nature and a workspace, You've talked about um, the physical location and the creating psychological space. We could talked about yeah. like having having places that are have an element of tension or difficulty or or something that you have to work for or an element of elements, yeah. Which I think you know maybe are not necessarily all the same space. You know, there are definitely there's definitely room for places like you know something a rooftop that you have to climb through windows to get to but you know there's also room for a big barn that poses little threat you know that you can just go and you know feel safe in too right like yeah so different kinds of creative spaces that that maybe evoke different kinds of energy and for me um I talked, or or for me, like this idea of each place having a very intense sense of uh, personality or character, then not a feeling of like a generic experience or like somewhere where it's just the same here as it is somewhere else. I would say even if it's kind of a character that's corny or, or, you know, not necessarily hugely romantic, like, you know, I was saying this this auto garage had been turned into this artist studio. You know, it wasn't, it was the fact that it was such a strong sense of character there that, that made it so compelling to me. We didn't talk about kind of the people within the environment and place, Mm -hmm. you know, 
working solitary, I think we're referring mostly to working by ourselves, but place, that's a, that's kind of a key thing too, is your connection to others within the space you're working in. Absolutely. And it sounds like you've had a pretty wide spectrum in that regard too. Like you've had workshops where there have been too many people and you've probably had workshops uh, where there was a lot more space per per person. Mm-hmm. Do you, are there any kind of unifying or, or underlying principles there or is it harder to get at? I like... I like a space is not too big for sure because I think there's so much there's writing that's really involved in the workshops that I like people really gathering closer together but then I like the feeling of we kind of have a base and then we can be able to explore I think it's always important to be able to take walks from the location mm-hmm. um but then return back um definitely I'm de- definitely not a fan of carpet for sure <laughs> I don't do well with carpet. I, I had never thought of that, but AI, I don't think I like carpet. But I mean, carpet's a nasty mess when you when you're trying to sling paint around. But I do love rugs. You do love rugs. I do. I do love rugs. I like a good, a good, you know, kind of weathered oriental rug. That's interesting. Yeah, like I like that. I like that feeling under my feet of that but I like it with the permission that it doesn't have to stay clean, but I really right. like that feeling. And I just love how that looks. I just love aesthetically. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, but I like, as far as people being closer and further, I think I like the feeling of someone being, you know, like you come in, it's like you've been out in the field and then mm-hmm. you come in for a warm, you know, cup of tea and some butternut squash soup or something. I like that feeling. I like that's important to me. It's just not all the time, but. But I think like there's, and I, I, I like you, I think I'm interested in, in there being an element of closeness, like actually yeah. being near each other and being in a room that's not too, too wide open that kind of embraces, you know, rather than just is too spacious, but then it's like almost having a a room like that, but the doors are open. So there's this sense that of expansiveness and not a sense of you being trapped, you know, and that there's this kind of relationship between being gathering and being close together for conversation and community, but also a part of the experience is to be able to have some, your own space, you know, I don't know. I think both, both sides of that, seem to me important, important elements in, in a creative space. Isolation and enough personal space to be able to, to be internally focused and and creative, but also the conversation and group, um, the, the the conversation and connection is, uh, is the other side of that coin. Yeah. Uh, that's it for today. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you would like to tell us about the spaces where you create your art or spaces that you feel inspired by or what an ideal art-making space would look like, uh, please do so. I'll put a, a form in the in the show notes where you can submit your yeah. ideas. And send a link. Like if you have – I love bookmarking and looking at different places online that have – pictures and so on and if you know of any of these pod kind of rooms in the trees let's let's start a little collection of rooms in the trees <laughs> don't you think that, 
Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Let's keep yeah. let's get a file going on that. I'm I'm committed to that that becoming real. We're gonna and have that. Hashtag room in the trees on Instagram if you take a picture of your your personal workspace. I think that'd be oh, cool. good idea. Good idea. If you want to see show notes, uh, they are at roomintheTrees.com and uh, where you'll find all the previous episodes <clears throat> as well as links, videos, and pictures for each episode. You can become our patron at patreon.com backslash roomintheTrees. You can leave us a review. No, I thought it was just room. Oh, did I say that wrong? Yes, at patreon.com backslash room. We would also really appreciate it if you took a moment to leave us a rating on iTunes. We read them, we love them, and um, it really helps us reach a larger audience. Um, How many people do we have now, Trenton? How many people are listening? We are coming up on about 3,000 people, which is wonderful. A month? A month. 3,000 subscribers a month. That's kind of a rough estimate. Um. And you can leave a review, uh, and you can find us on iTunes at roominthetrees.com backslash iTunes. And uh, now, what should they do, Sabrina? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't prepared. They should now go take a walk, or maybe you're listening and walking. Um... I'm going to go take a walk and look at the light. I think another thing in last season's type of places is you got to stop being in a place and go outside and look at the light. But I guess that's in my ideal space. I'd be doing that anyways. Right? We didn't yeah. cut all that out. That's stupid. <laughs> it's all right. I think keep it in. <laughs> all right. Go out. Check out the sunset. Yeah. <laughs>